Good morning and welcome to this next episode. Ah, and it is a morning because I'm heading off. Again, it's amazing actually, even though these days are meant to be getting longer. Ziggy, stop pulling me. Um, it's still very dark in the morning, so it's just gone seven o'clock in the morning. So I've decided to. Well, I was up at about four thirty. So again, it's not been. It's been a few days. Been you know, probably since before Christmas actually up uh, so early but find myself awake um, at that time in fact I was woke that's not trusting it was not this time it wasn't waking up because I just woke up and mind active and so on uh, for some reason the phone went at about half past three so I'm assu- well quite clear well one was assuming a call by mistake I may find that out later today because I know who was trying to call me but I'm assuming it was done in error but that woke me up, then almost quickly after that, Connie called up the stairs because she just needed attention, and then needed the loo, and then came into our bed, and then um, I was still awake by half past four, so I thought I'd just get up. So we're doing some little bits and pieces, responding to a couple of emails, and some other little things, just going to post that into there. Um, and now by seven o'clock-ish, it's like, oh, I'm quite happy to come out and go for a walk. I'm just still amazed at how dark it is. So, um, and, and, but as in literally dark, because the sun has not yet risen. Um, and I guess, you know, metaphorically so, we're in lockdown again. Woohoo! Um... So, when are we, what day are we now? Wednesday. Today is Wednesday, the 6th of January. So, I believe, I'm not quite sure actually how it's worked, because the um, the official announcement in which it was um, stated, again, we would actually go into a nas- national lockdown, um, was on the Monday. Is that right? I think it was Monday evening at 8 o'clock. Um, and then... But there seems to be some confusion, in my mind at least, doesn't take much, as to when that would actually um, take effect. I assumed it was effectively imme- effective immediately, or at least in terms of midnight that night. Um, and therefore it would, you know, you'd, 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 you know, asked to abide by the rules from that night. Um, and then officially comes into law, I think, today. But I'm not sure. I think there seemed to be some kind of confusion over that. Some people were saying, oh, well, it just, you know, took effect today anyway. And sort of day to prepare or so. And, I mean, for those of us in Tier 4, which, let's be honest, even prior to the lockdown, was a, a fair old chunk of the country. Um, it wasn't a massive difference from Tier 4 to lockdown, apart from particularly some of those businesses that are still remaining open. Um, anyway, anywho, there's still cars going past me, heading off to go to where they need to go to. Um, so, schools closed, because that was one thing. In some areas, schools were still open, at least some primary schools were open. Here in Greater London, they were closed anyway, so Connie or, neither Connie nor Freya went back to school on Monday. Or rather, they didn't go back into a school they were being homeschooled. So we've been there before, uh, so we're kind of somewhat prepared for this, although a slight change from our perspective. So whereas Freya, who was at um, secondary school, year... 
God, what is it? Seven, eight, year nine, would it be? But anyway, she's in secondary school. <laughs> she's 13. Um, pretty much, you know, looks after herself. She does the work. She gets set the work on Google Classroom and gets on and does it and does it without really too much um, fuss and... We don't, you know, every time we offer help, doesn't really seem to be needed or or wished for. Um, so that's fine. And Connie, being in year two of primary school, uh, does need, you know, some some attention to get ordered and organised and so on and supported and taught eventually. Uh, but in lockdown one, back in the day, uh, it was uh, the work set was such that you had a kind of set of activities to do over the course of the week and I think you could sort of pick and choose in which or you could pick and choose the order in which you did stuff and as long as by the end of the week you felt as though you had a good effort through them all which we pretty much in all cases did uh, all was good so the slight change there um, is that now they are also using Google Classroom at that school which they weren't using before um, and the way they're using it is perhaps in the same way that they were are now also at the secondary school that Freya's at, is you're set, you know, there's just like the student, the child, is set activities, uh, and you have even have a time during the day by which you're supposed to do it. So you have like an idea that, okay, so the first hour or so is this activity, um, and then you move on to the next activity, and so on. Um, and forgive me if, it, if in the previous episode, which was a... A literal short woodland meander didn't really cover much topic in any particular uh, meaningful way, but I thought I'd upload it anyway, just so it's just almost gets rid of it out of my head. Clears the way for this next one, uh, whatever that may be. So again, no specific. Where's he gone now? Who's there? Uh, so I'm out walking with Ziggy in the dark. It will get lighter as we go, so I suspect I'll be out for about an hour or so. Um, I shall probably make my way towards Ricelip Lido again. So I'm now heading through the golf course, one of the golf courses, uh, but it's dark, dark on both sides. Um, But uh, anyway, it is what it is. So we're now, yeah, maybe this one is going to be just now focusing on lockdown the third, lockdown three, perhaps subtitled third time lucky. Um, You know, I wanted to call it, is it the final lockdown? As Europe sang back in the day, oh, of course we can't, you know, not in Europe anymore, are we? So, or not in the EU. Um, but they sang the final countdown, I thought, oh, it could be the final lockdown, but will it be? I think third time lucky, probably, uh, is the more hopeful message. Uh, but it is quite dramatic at the moment, just listening to, or rather watching some of the news last night. Actually, it was Channel 4 news I was watching, which isn't what I would usually... Uh, sample um, but having said that I probably saw a bit of 6 o'clock news Channel 4 news at 7 and then again something at news at 10 which actually obviously largely repeats what I'd heard earlier so quickly learning that actually you don't need to dip into very much to kind of get the general gist but I would say the general gist and tone of the message across the news bulletins um, and more, you know, especially so I'd say on Channel 4 news was uh, it's just emphasising, really, you get to the point again where I guess a lockdown is really inevitable. Um, particularly, I think, over the last week again, a huge increase in 
the infection rate, particularly in some areas of the country, and I think London probably being one. Um, and there's this talk of this new variant of the virus. Um, whilst at the same time, there is now a second vaccine. So the Oxford AstraZeneca va- vaccine is now, uh, I believe, already. Well, first of all, it was approved, I think, maybe last week. Um, can't remember now exactly when that was. And but I think as of yesterday or a couple of days ago, it is now you know, being administered. So that one alongside the Pfizer one, is it called? Um, which is already being rolled out. Um, and I'm sure there was a third one. Modena, Moderna, we're making that up. What happened to that one? There were definitely at some point there were three vaccines being developed. Um, but anyway, from what I'm gathering, there's two now on the go. So new vaccine, new year... <laughs> And a new lockdown, um, and so that, and it seems to be well. And the message was that so schools being closed is one of the major impacts f- for us personally, um, over and above all the other you know, outlets and retail and so on that's not allowed to open. Um, but that seems to be they're saying that is going to be the case for schools at least until the February half term. So you're talking oh. Oy, 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 oy. Sorry, that was Ziggy trying to roll in something. Um, and so that takes us, yeah, up to the middle of February. I think the 15th of February is when they're sort of saying, you know, you know and, and it wouldn't surprise me if it gets extended, of course, given that even when late last year they were extending the furlough scheme, they were saying that was being extended to April anyway. So, yeah, still, still a bit more time to deal with all this yet, so... Doing what we can to, of course, remain upbeat, and part of that is at least to—I'm going to use the phrase—express gratitude, but even just appreciate. Don't have to necessarily express it in any way, but I think it helps to. Um, but the fact that you know well, we are very fortunate and very much um, attentive to the fact that we're in a position where. You know, we the, the the effect on us at the moment, I would say, in comparison, relatively minimal. So only really the schools being closed. So the university I work at is also closed in terms of the campus, but work continues. A bit like the schools are closed, but work continues. It's just that teaching is done remotely. Um, you know, staff will be working from home and so on. So it's finding ways to do that, but it's, you know, I think relatively all quite doable at a university level, particularly on the course that I'm most involved with. Um, And I can keep focusing on getting this centre moving and hopefully even engaging in work there that's very um, timely. Um, So with that in mind, I'm going to talk in a minute a bit about the um, NHS side of things. But even just continue to sort of express that gratitude, that appreciation. I think do I do think one way through all of this, no matter what context you're in, and I realise it is it is more challenging the the more challenges you have, um, whether financially, whether other health-wise, psychologically, and so on. Um, but the, when one is able to nudge oneself into appreciative living. And that is a term, 
In fact, um, there there are books written on this. I'm sure there's at least one text called Appreciative Living. Um, but it is very much a positive psychology approach. But 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 with with appreciate appreciative living, appreciative um, you know, mindset, whatever the right word is, um, is a way of you know realizing. And again, for, and for many of us, and I'm putting myself in this firmly in this category. Then, sick, uh, we're in a very extremely fortunate position, you know, in terms of work-wise. So still able to. Receive a, a, a regular salary. The businesses that both I and Rachel you know, work with for, as part of, that we rely on for income, are able to continue. Um, so not in a position where many people will be where their work is stopped, um, whether they're on furlough or not. You know, because even on furlough, you're not getting your full salary. Um, and of course, you know what is becoming more you know, clearer. I think, or well, to me, became um, clearer. It was already pretty clear, but it became more—I don't know—immediate. Is the realization with the virus continuing to um, continuing to just shoot up in the way it has the infection rate? That again, it just realized that yeah, you need to now pretty much stay at home because. I think, as it was saying, the rate at the moment in across the country is around about um, one person in 50. So that's a 2% incidence rate of the infection. Um, and you're seeing that the the hospitals across the board are becoming already getting to that kind of point of being overwhelmed. So anything that helps minimise uh, admissions to hospital has to be done, hence, you know, those of us that you know, can just get on and do stuff, look after oneself, really, uh, it's helpful, and, and, I'm, and I'm hopeful in that context, doing something which is, you know, more, more externally helpful. So, back in the day again, back in lockdown one, I did sign up for the NHS Responder, where they were looking for people or volunteers to help as part of that one, so... I did. Have, I, I I never had an opportunity to actually do anything as part of that. I did eventually get some alerts that came through, but in each case, I wasn't able to. By the time they were coming through, I was back at work, and you know, whereas at the time when they were asking for it, I wasn't yet uh, back in my employment. I'm not back at work. So anyway, so I signed up for that, registered for it, um, and then as I was getting busy with work, I kind of took off the alerts there. Just before Christmas, thing I put them back on again, thinking, "Well, now's the time." So I'm not. I'm, I'm hoping I set up right because nothing's come through on that, and and they have made out as though, well, again, with everything that's happening, it's like to be a greater need. Um, but we'll see if anything comes through on that one, and hope you know make myself more available to make myself so I can some help into it. And that's you know, basic things like you know, using transport to transport people to and from places, uh, do shopping for people, that kind of thing. Uh, so we'll see what comes out there. Um, but then more professionally, this is with the NHS side of it, and this is where it's helpful in my head just to talk out loud in the way would one do if he was writing it down in a diary. So whether or not through this kind of monologue something clearer comes in my head, or maybe it's just putting out what's already kind of slowly starting to happen. 
So in, I think, two episodes ago, in the Give Me Strengths episode, um, mentioned the work that we as a university now, across the university, are doing in the area of a strengths-based, I'm going to use the phrase, strengths-based approach to staff development. You know, something like that, because it's, it's very much led by our HR team, our HR team, our human resources who's been called personnel department, but it's that team who are um, who are leading it because, and again, that was at least a consequence of my link with Strengthscope, um, having the opportunity to just sort of explore what they were doing, doing it personally, and that led me to contacting our, our then HR director, um, to say that oh something we could do at the university that is not to that that contact would have probably been now well over a year ago definitely I'm pretty sure yeah it must have been must have been mid to late 2019 back when the world made sense um, well maybe not because that was all about <laughs> Brexit wasn't it. Um, which sort of now is uh, just almost the light relief news now. And finally, the UK or yeah, the UK has left the European Union. Um, but in 2019, raised awareness of it, made the links basically between the university and Strength Scope with the HR. You know, they picked up on it, and since then, they have engaged with that. They have arranged for now a good number of staff. And I would say, in addition to myself, because myself and at least one or two others, maybe, had already got the accreditation with Strength Scope as part of the work we'd done with the MAP students. Um, so since then, HR said, OK, well, we'd like to do this. So they identified maybe a dozen or more people, maybe about a dozen or so, that they wanted to seek accreditation as well, or do some kind of training. And, you know, I was partly involved in delivering some of that. Some of it was going back to Strength Scope to say we can actually get more people accredited. So we've now got a number of people across the university who've, who are accredited practitioners. And there's a few of us who have the title, I don't think I mentioned this last time, Strength Scope Master. Which you feel that should come with some kind of move, you know, <laughs> as a kind of uh, taekwondo or karate. Uh, Strength Scope Master. In the, and all that means is that you've done two extra little bits of training. So the first bit is a two-day training to become an accredited practitioner. And then, as often the case, they kind of upsell. But I knew this was something that they offered. And because the university was paying and was quite keen for us to do it, um, we, myself and peers, who I've mentioned, um, went through the training to become strength scope master. And, and all that really meant was an extra day's training each for two extra parts. One is a strength scope teams. So specifically looking at ways in which you then apply this thinking to teams, uh, which we're already doing anyway without the kind of add-on as it were. But um, one way you can do it then is you can take scores for indoor oh, crikey, it's just so muddy. Can do it this way. Uh, you can take your individual scores for team members and then 
you can aggregate scores across the team and there's extra things one can do that specifically looks at then how you kind of uh, you know, uh, recognize, you know, ex- explore and work for people's strengths individually as a team to be, you know, work as a, a great team, and that's something you know we'll continue to do this year. So we haven't yet formally done anything with that side of it as part of the rollout at the university. You know, the rollout so far, just prior to Christmas, was doing some work with some individuals across specific schools, specifically the nursing school. Um, so that's starting to kind of people across that school are at least having opportunity to do their own strength scope profile, be talked through it, the debrief as it were. Um, and one nice thing we'll be to do is a bit of further coaching to help people make sense of that individually. That's why I think also it's particularly helpful because if you spend more time, as much time as you can on the individual side of it, then the team stuff will follow. Um, because I think that's where the real value of this is. It's a personal thing where people see, no matter what job they're in, no matter what job they go to, this idea of understanding their own personal strengths, what energises them, and having that language is, to me, the real major value of this kind of work. Um, anyway, there's Strengthscope team, and then there's also Strengthscope leader. So again, there's more and more mud here. Go on, go through this way. Um... Which, again, is another bit where you specifically would work with, in quotes, leaders. People identified as leaders, maybe people on leadership teams. Um, And that's something which would be, I think, further valuable. And it'd be nice if that were to happen as part of the university. I think it will in time. The moment's kind of, it's more of a groundswell, as in it's going through the personnel and particular sort of teams that are finding challenging, also high-performing teams, basically people who were willing and wanting to sort of do the workshop, as it were, and give the time to it, um, are doing it. But there's been talk of doing it with the senior leadership team of the university, so we're talking about the vice-chancellor and colleagues at that level, pro-vice-chancellors, and there's a possibility it could be myself and peers who are asked to do that. That was being talked about by the HR director, I think, back in the summer. Um... And, of course, nothing's moved on that yet. And the concern could be with the director of HR now having left and gone to another job. We'll see how that pans out. But at least that person has gone to a job as essentially, what they call it, what, head of people or something? um, But anyway, it's it's an HR director role, uh, but with a particular NHS trust. So we're looking at ways in which, and she's very keen to sort of bring strength scope to that. So that would be something really to kind of get involved with. Um, we've got another trust that's linked with a nursing school that, again, they want to kind of find the links there, so I'm quite happy to support that. So I'm quite keen to really prioritise that work because it's, you know, it's meaningful. It's, it's at a time when I think NHS especially needs it and could do that additional support. I think we're well-placed to provide it um, and maybe in due course, because again, I'm, I'm always hearing that the NHS has you know, funding mechanisms that are specifically designed to fund this kind of, let's just put it in the head of, heading of learning and development. We have a leadership programme that we as a university offer, but at the moment it's, it's one colleague of mine that does it. She's pretty much revived it over the last few years, um, kept it going, but then that's on pause at the moment because of COVID, because... 
of the challenges of trying to do that virtually, and that's partly because the the facilities, the actual sort of Wi-Fi, the hardware, the computers they would have at particular hospitals just may not be up to scratch to do stuff effectively virtually. You know, obviously one would hope that is changing given more and more stuff needs to be done virtually. So that's really where I'm, you know, one thing I wanted to focus on um, at this moment in time. I think it's a kind of a small contribution to supporting the NHS other than just staying at home and trying not to get ill, try not to have to use a service. Uh, there are things we can do to support people involved in the, the wider service. Um, and I think also, I think partly to, to you know it's these kind of organisations, often public sector organisations, and I think it, NHS is notoriously the case that some of the way in which it works administratively and bureaucratically is, let's use the word, ineffective. So I don't know too much of the history of it all and so on, but of course there is always you know resources issues, funding issues. Um, but you know, yeah, it's, it's really shown that you know without a uh, national health service, you know the challenges one would have faced even more so. Um, anyway, anywho, that's the plan from what such that it is. In terms of a next step with that, um, I and this is you know, in due course, I can perhaps report back. I may choose to in terms of um, next steps with the university. So I've got a meeting scheduled. I've you know, made contact back with the, uh, well, I'd say now, well, it always was my key person, as it were, in in HR. Um, so whilst the director of HR had sort of got behind the whole strength scope thing and, and helped move it forward, there'd been one person in particular, I believe her role is, effectively in the area of learning and development. Um, so she's really been sort of taking the lead with interacting, liaising with Strengthscope on behalf of the university, managing that side of things. Obviously it's the HR budgets that are funding this in terms of paying people to get trained, paying for profiles. And at the moment, and it's, it's kind of us doing the, the in-house training uh, and workshop seminar delivery and very happy to keep doing that and look at additional ways of supporting staff and indeed students um, and hopefully then externally um, and that's part of a more more broader wish as part of the centre to offer this kind of service let's use the phrase to paying customers whoever they may be um, so we can begin with particular organisations, so in this particular case the NHS, I think it's very timely, I think it's a very meaningful organisation to work in partnership with and we as a university already have strong links with different trusts, it's always kind of, I'm just starting to get my head a little bit around the the, the different trusts that are in existence, how they work, they obviously seem to be largely if not completely independent of each other, there's different types of trusts, that seems to have an indication of how much independence they have or autonomy they have from the sort of wider um, restrict, you know, constrictions. I don't know what the word is, but arrangements anyway. Um, and that's where I don't necessarily wish to get too involved with, apart from how one needs to, to just understand at least who one might need to speak to to um, to move things forward. Morning. Um, to move things forward in terms of um, yeah, offer, offering 
a the strength scope kind of uh, what would you call it? See, it's a training strength scope staff development strength scope. But I think to me, it just happens to be strength scope we're using. It's to me a strengths based approach, and that to me is the real value is developing a language, no matter what system one is choosing to use. Uh, what's the, let me go around this way, I think. No matter what system one is choosing to use, whether it's strength scope, via, strengths profile, or something else, um, it's a way of yeah, giving people the opportunity to recognise, reflect on, recognise, understand their strengths, and then hopefully experience the value of of working in that kind of way. And it is developing a really kind of a new a new way of looking at oneself and each other. <laughs> And developing a language and be able to give strengths-based feedback and recognise it is valuable and important and worthwhile to to work from the position of strengths. And that really is a starting point, is to understand what we might mean by strengths in that context. So those things which energise us and we may well be good at or great at, to use the words that Strengthscope use, or have the potential to be good or indeed great at. Morning. Um, so yeah, that's the real value. So often, strengths-based. I don't know, coaching, strengths-based um, workshops. Don't know. Don't know exactly what the specific way of describing that will be. That will come in time. Um, but there's possibilities of developing that. So the conversation this afternoon with I'm going to call her Christine, for that's her name, will help me better understand how um how we might offer those things specifically at the moment uh for the trust that the nursing school has most links with because the school is zig by the nursing school are meaning this kind of basically a part of a department or a faculty of the university ziggy that um come here that um is keen to effectively to use the phrase that they used is to get this strength scope into the trust. So to kind of extend what we're doing in the university to then let's say our partners, that's a broad way of saying, hey Ziggy, come here. Because we do partner with the, the, the NHS in, in specific ways because you have uh, nursing degrees and qualifications. Um, and Ziggy, come here. And due course, we'll be looking at other partners as well, but that'd be the starting point. Anyway. Um, and what we need to know is kind of what's the costing model, basically, as in how if we're going to offer that, what do we charge? Um, and I think there's also an argument for saying, well, in the first instance, you know, you're doing it in a way which makes it affordable, so it can happen. Um, but of course, the university will, like anything else, it's a business. It can't afford to do it in a way where it would cost the money to do it. Um, although I get the impression that. The university is doing very well at the moment, financially. Um, um, but then, I guess going forward, it's having a range. Of, anyway, so, and that's not you know that's not me to decide those bits, but helping those things along so it can happen, happen more swiftly. Help you know, when it, if it gets approved and gets okay, then it, it moves forward and so on. And that's where I go. Well, as a true university, it can take quite a long time for stuff to get done compared to say um, yeah, private organisations. So that's the trouble. You've got one public sector organisation, university, trying to assist another one, NHS, um, and 
yeah, you know, at the moment you're paying money to Strengthscope because they're providing the basic tool and some of the real, you know, fundamental expertise and there will be support they will give. Um, how do we just make it happen swiftly? And hopefully with the formation of the centre and doing this work on behalf of the centre um, for positive psychology, you know, within the university, we'll give it a certain, I don't know, credibility maybe, um, certain profile, it'll help the centre kind of also be recognised for the work it is doing. Lots of possibility, I think. So there's a conversation happening then with Christine at four, no, three o'clock, oh, 3.30 today, three o'clock? Can't remember, this afternoon anyway. Uh, I think it's three o'clock. Um, so we've got a few minutes this afternoon. This morning we'll probably be more focused on homeschooling, given that Rachel was really kind of taking responsibility for that yesterday, so I'll be doing some of that with Connie this morning. Hence me wanting to get out early if I have a walk, so at least in the walk early in the morning. If you haven't lunchtime, great, but I'm not reliant on it at least, and nor is Ziggy. Um, so that's it really, with a sort of strength. And I suppose then the extra final bit with the strength scope side of things um, is look. Uh, there's, a, there's a need to have a conversation with somebody at strength scope, which again attempted to set up before Christmas, didn't quite happen. And the person there hasn't come back to me, which frustrates me a little bit because effectively I'm looking to sort of buy and they're looking to sell again. So it's about arranging more training, accreditation training for our own students. So we've got, again, at least maybe a dozen or more uh, of our master students who are keen to do the accreditation training with StrengthScope. Um, and what we've done in the past is they basically, you know, the, the, the fee StrengthScope would charge is half what it would normally charge. So it's a significant discount. It's a good arrangement. I'm hoping they'll be able to continue that again. So that's one reason to contact them. Um, and then there is conversation to be had. But it, I'm th- my gut feeling it probably isn't with this particular accounts manager. Because I think that is more... Because even the... Even <laughs> Yeah, even this sort of training for the MAP students isn't really part of the account that the account manager is dealing with. The account manager is dealing with the university as a customer, as the, the HR team, the HR folks, a customer for what we're doing across our staff at the university. My interaction with them is really kind of alongside that is, well, alongside that, we'd like to continue, as we had been doing before, um, the arrangement to train give opportunities for our um, master students, which I would say is separate from what we're doing with our staff, because again, the idea there is as part of being a student on the course, you get a you know a discount for that training, um, you know, which would be a more dramatic discount than an effective discount, significant discount than anything we might have got for staff. Now, I'm being a little bit risky here, in that I'm walking past a bit where one wouldn't... Uh, okay, there's somebody there... Um, I was going to not put Ziggy on his lead to go past this little bit here, but um, I think it's Ziggy. Just because he might go back onto the beach, and we don't want that. So come here, Zig. Let me just put you on the lead, just this bit along here. Um, come on, because otherwise you will go and chase all those ducks and geese as well. So let's just keep him on the lead across this little bit. He will be pulling me. Um, Yes, it's, it's to make contact on that. I think there's a separate conversation then. I think I'm probably more motivated to not so much make contact with 
Christian, for that's his name, who's the account manager at StrengthScope. Um, if it happens that way, then fair enough. But there's reason to actually re-establish contact with the person who really had brought about the link with the university, which is not strictly true. But anyway, the, 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 the chief executive, oh, he was the CEO, the chief executive officer of StrengthScope, we'll call him Paul, for that's his name. Well, he's actually no longer the CEO, uh, but he's now, I think, labelled as the, you know, the founder and chairman. So I think partly being he's now less directly involved with the day-to-day -day running of StrengthScope. That's moved to somebody else. Um, but he's still very much involved. I think part of it is to kind of do more of what he's you know, good at and wants to do. It's just the going out there and sort of taking StrengthScope to the world. So probably having these kind of conversations about possibilities, partnerships, ways of getting the word out there. I would suspect he'd be very motivated to look at ways in which we can do stuff with NHS. And in fact, he may already be aware of what they're already doing. Um, that's Ziggy seeing a squirrel. <laughs> but he can't chase him, so I've got him on the on the lead. Oh, Ziggs. Ziggy. Um, so I'm just going past the bit where the other day I walked past here and I was able to get a coffee. Now, I'm not sure if I'm just too early or whether now with lockdown, is that all completely, even a takeout coffee? Is that currently just... I don't know if there's if they are now to even open at all, even if it was at that time, but nothing's open here. I'm going to go down this way. Um, and, uh, yes, yeah, so, so Paul may already have some ideas of work that's already been done with NHS, and that could be something to build upon, work with, collaborate with, learn from. That was one bit. I was also there's a robin. Thank you very much. Like the little sign of the robin. That's that's the signal to say. Okay, then yet yeah, go ahead, contact Paul. That's the right thing to do. That's how I interpret it. I know it's magical thinking. I'm very aware of that. Very familiar with it. But it helps me just go. Yeah, do you know what? I'll take that as a little sign of go ahead with what you're thinking about, which is to contact Paul, which I shall do today. Um, so hopefully I can report back on that one. Uh, I'll 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 probably liaise with my. Uh, <laughs> I just call him Dan. I can jokingly say you know my assistant or the assistant to the regional manager. It's what we joke. Um, but I'll call him Dan. He's very good at helping me. Um, sort of yeah, almost keep me to account when I sort of say I might do something. Is check well have you done it? You're going to do it. Because all it requires is a short email or message to morning to Paul. Um, um, but it's remembering to do it. I might even try and do it when I stop recording this in a few minutes. Um, because he was also, we were also going to contact him as a possible, see if he'd be on for maybe doing a webinar as part of our webinar series for the centre. So I probably haven't really... And I think there was a session that they ran, I think that the StrengthScope folks in what they called a, a customer advisory panel, which I uh, effectively crowbarred myself onto. It's not really, so I, I asked whether or not I could join it, and they were very happy for me to join it. Alongside Christine, so two representatives of the university, as they want to learn from their customers about how to improve StrengthScope. Um, so there'll be something there where I think Paul will be very happy, I think. And if not him directly, morning. 
somebody at uh, StrengthScope who would be willing to do that. Hopefully Paul himself, because I think he would be a good person to do it. And I think he may be up for it, as it were. So with that in mind, I should endeavour to make contact with him today to always have a conversation in which a few things can be explored. And then the final thing, so the final thing I was going to say in relation to the strength scope thing then was A, to contact them with the training for the MAP students, but that's kind of more of a functional, okay, let's set it up, let's see what, when it can happen, how much it's going to cost, get it arranged. Which then I realise it isn't, then in, past that point, it's not in my strengths. It almost needs to then defer to somebody else to say, okay, if we're agreeing it in principle, can somebody else be sort of more involved in, in managing it? And it's only because, not that I don't want to do it, I just I find that more of a struggle in terms of agreeing dates and communicating with students and so on. Um, I could probably do that with Kerry. I think Kerry's very good at that and probably quite willing to, in liaising with the MAP students in particular, the kind of students, I think already, for example, she was the person, Kerry's the person, who was collating the names of people who were interested. Um, so it's probably getting some basic information, passing it on to Kerry and saying, if you want to then liaise with the students about when and where and how. Well, it'll all be done virtually, of course, these days. Um, over probably, I suspect, Zoom. Morning. Um, and so, yeah, the, the final thing I want to sort of put forward to him, it would be more of a Paul thing anyway, if I suggested this to Christian, he'd understandably say, well, let me check with others and eventually Paul and probably actually now this would be a, a uh, a CEO thing, so not Paul, the person who's replaced you in that role. It is something about offering, um, offering coaching. It's almost like paying it back to them, and this, in, a, in an ideal world, this could be offered for free. So again, it's not something where you know it's an income generated. It's just an exa- another example of the, the partnership, but it could have that to use the phrase a win-win element to it, um, where. Sh- so wh- whenever one completes the strength scope training, um, well, when I did it in 2019, the person who was sort of had helped get that set up, who I believe was an intern, so he's no longer there, but he had suggested this idea of, oh, particularly when you're doing it with kind of people who are working independently, so they're doing it, you know, on their own, they're not part of necessarily an organisation, who might then finish their training and go back and have more sort of in-house discussions about um, you know, how they're going to work with each other, coaching and so on. Well, through Strengthscope, part of the sort of the follow-up from the training was to have, they call it a 1, 30 and 90. Um, it doesn't need to be even as, as excessive as that. But offering a follow-up Strengthscope debrief and coaching session immediately after completing the training, so kind of, okay, because you end the training with some action points, as in how you want to sort of take things forward. So the next step would be, okay, let's let's look at specifically how that's going to happen and, and help with that a little bit and support it. And then again in 30 days and again in 90 days. So, and the idea that was, you know, the, the, you know he, on behalf of Strengthscope, was quite proactive in, in trying to set those things up. The suggestion I'm coming up with and that's why it's helped me just to speak it out loud so I can become clearer in how to describe it. So when I need to mention, say it to Paul who, or whoever, um, is you know, we now have a, a bank of you know, relatively newly accredited strength scope practitioners. 
So I'm thinking primarily in terms of our MAP students and alumni. So we must now have, let's say, 15 or so um, with a new batch seeking accreditation that will end up being more like between 25 and 30. So a good bank of people there. Plus we have our people who are on staff at the university. Uh, but I suspect I have less, not so much sway over that, but you know, I understand the university... Therefore, the HR people would say, well, hold on a minute, we've got members of staff who are employed to do here. If we're going to offer something to Strengthscope, then you know we'd want to charge them for it. But I think as a development of people who've been gone through the accreditation, and I guess, again, people in the university will get that practice through, you know, as soon as they're going to get finished the accreditation, they'll be doing some kind of workshop. We have a system now in place where people can buddy up to deliver the workshops, we'll be able to sort of support each other in terms of the coaching and so on so I think we'll do that anyway but I think we could then off we could offer either that same so again part of the centre could be a centre thing so it's whether or not any of those staff but on the centre it would be maybe centre affiliated staff and students and alumni who are credited in the strength scope practitioner training they may and I know this for myself you may do the training you may even have you know you then don't get a chance to really practice it straight after so even with having the, the, the that strength scope sort of follow up coaching, um, and it was from I think his name was Ben. Um, again, even beyond that, whilst I had intentions and I did take things forward a little bit, it was some time before I was able to go right. In fact, having said that, I'm not sure if I've really yet done. I'm not sure if I've actually properly done a one to one debrief or a one to one coaching. I think they call it a debrief where you are walking through a person through their profile and giving them some sort of basic kind of initial coaching to think through how they might um yes yeah, so yeah, it's interesting you use the word coaching or not but where how they might then you know do the phrase they use to turn that awareness of their strengths into action what's that what's it going to look like in practice how will it affect how they do things and what they do and and how those kind of action plans and so on which are really helpful in terms of committing to somebody that you're going to do something and doing it, and and hopefully they are going to be goals which are very meaningful. They're not like, oh, I'm going to agree to this, this, and this, even though I'm not bothered about it. But it's a task I have to do. It's genuinely understanding. Well, what would you like to do? How do you bring your strengths to that so you can achieve the things you really want to achieve in a way that is enjoyable, productive, effective, meaningful, and so on. Um, so the idea would be, eventually getting there, is that the MAP students or alumni have got the accreditation training would could be offered as people who could then offer newly qualified, so people coming through the Strengthscope system, because I think at the moment they don't continue to offer that, that follow-up support. I think that was something created by a then intern who has since left. I don't think that's still something they would offer. I could be wrong. Um, but it's something we could say, well, actually, in collaboration with the centre, you could offer to people who have seen it, there's a possibility of kind of essentially either you'll be you know, in, a, in a perfect world and no need for money to change hands. It could be for free. And that's part of the overall arrangement of, you know, they've, they've, they've funded as a university. Sorry, the strength scope will have significantly discounted the... Um, the training fee, and part of what we offer back, the students offer back, is, I guess part of that is you then do this, you offer this coaching after 
I'll use the phrase pro bono. I think that's what they said for for free, um, because it's part of your own further development. You know, you're not you're not <laughs> you, by doing that, you're getting some practice in in your newly qualified status, and thereby helping you as the individual to kind of become more confident in 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 using this um, tool and so on. So that's that's the proposal, something of that nature. So I need to find to find a way of saying that as concisely as possible. Uh, oh, I think Paul gets it when I phone to him. He kind of he's getting it a bit like me. Is I'm use the phrase he can wax lyrical on stuff. And um, but I think when I speak to him now, the more I've said it in my head and recording here, I'll talk about it again with to Dad about stuff. I think I already mentioned it to him, and he quite liked the idea. And I'm offering something similar to elsewhere as well. But the more we can get engaged in doing that kind of coaching, or I think it might be quite deep, a debrief initially, but then coaching, we're doing it more and more and more. And to then be doing it with Strengthscope as a kind of strategic partner there, maybe for free, maybe as part of any offering we go with the NHS to. Um, and, but then that's more of a university thing. As a, but again, we could even involve the, the students there. You know, Again, it could be a case of what, what we as a centre can offer over and above what HR could offer. So that could be that could be another way of the, that helps me frame the conversation to Christine. You know, I'm almost going to her with the idea, okay, well you as HR may need to cost something for our staff, university staff, to go and do something with the NHS. You could do all that without me being involved or, or a, a so-called centre, which is just coming into existence. Or if the HR says that's you know it's we're not in a position to do that, or we can advise you on how to do it, but then you go ahead and sort it out yourselves, then I'd probably say in which case then let's see it as a something the centre could offer, uh, and all HR is helping with at this stage is helping us cost it depending on who's doing it, but that's where I'd want to make sure that the centre is offering it and therefore either getting the money that's paid for it, or at least a good proportion of it. Because I would say in the existing model, that doesn't happen. When you're asked to do any kind of, or if you've managed to arrange any kind of a consultancy through the university, um, they, um, you don't get paid for it yourself. <laughs> That's the irony. There's little motivation to do it because you think, well, yeah, it's kudos, it could be interesting work, but one might also argue, I'm busy enough, thank you very much, why would I take on extra work if I'm not even going to get paid for it? Um, and it's like anything, if you work privately or consultancy, you're right, well actually suddenly the priority comes up because I'm going to get paid for it. And I am doing stuff now um, with Bailey and French as the company, I think I mentioned them before, in terms of um, some of that is some strengths-based workshops and facilitation. That would be more facilitation of workshops, they've been online. Um, you know, so as an associate with Bailey and French, both Dan and I are doing that kind of work and learning from it and enjoying it. And it's bringing some learning from that to what we might offer as part of the centre as well, alongside that. So, but again, it's it's having an arrangement so that it's it's worth one's while to do it. And I'm very happy to do it. And in the short term, doing it for, I'm going to use the word for free, as part of my job, given that I am doing less and less elsewhere, for example, I'm not the course leader or even co-course leader of the map anymore, um, and that was a huge. That took a lot of time and attention uh, and energy, and there was chunks of that you know did drain me. So while as parts of it energised me, that actual course leadership, as in managing the course, managing some of the bureaucracy of it, 
um, I found really quite draining uh, and more than that actually quite stress provoking so quite happy to be doing much less of that um, anyway I'm rambling on to sort of think through now Ziggy's gone away again Zig! There he is. He's here again. Um, hello, boy. Um, he, yeah, so I think it's about, I think that's a really concrete way forward of of creating some work that sits under the banner of the centre. It's meaningful in the fact that it's working with NHS. It's working with our own students and alumni, giving them opportunity. It's working with another external partner, Strengthscope and managed appropriately with the right support not only could it be um, sitting in this area of what's called knowledge exchange I think that usually is has elements of then how one you know yeah the payment for that because different organizations do have access to funds that can pay the right amount to make it worth one's while and you have to justify it and say yeah actually I'm chunk of my time now for the next six months will be on that I'd like I'm very happy to do that uh, and the nice thing of that is <laughs> there's no marking involved in that kind of work. So the less and less teaching on the master's course and the more of this would mean less of that, you know what, marking. Which can't be a bad thing. Okay, I'm going to end the recording on that one there, just see if I can relocate Ziggy. There's still a bit of time to get back home, so no doubt start recording something else or seeing if a phone call is needed somewhere, given we're now at quarter past eight. There may be people surfacing and want to have a conversation. If not, I shall record again. So that's been 53 minutes. Wow. Sorry it was such a long one. And whilst it may have been fairly dull to listen to, it's helped me a lot in my head in terms of thinking through some next steps. So thank you for either listening or not listening, whichever. And there you go. A uh, message comes through from somebody you might want to speak to. So I Because this is the person whose phone, at least, called me at... 3.30 this morning, I think it will say, yeah, it was trying to put her back to sleep, obviously one of the, um, must have been one of the, one of them, either him or his daughter, must have clicked the button by mistake. Not to worry, okay, so there we go, um, that's helped me get up early, go do things, I may not even be on this walk right now recording this, if indeed that mistake hadn't happened, that phone call would come through but in error, who knows? And on that bombshell, I say thank you very much, and feel free to join me on the next episode, as and when. I'll be recording it in the next few minutes. When it gets uploaded, we get to find out. Okay, bye-bye.